Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, 30 Rock Podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blokes that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 96, season 5, episode 16, entitled TGS Hates Women, originally airing February 24th, 2011. David, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. After TGS is criticized by a feminist blog for portraying women in stereotypical and offensive fashion, Liz decides to respond by hiring a woman to guest write an episode, only to learn she may not be who she thinks. (gasps) Twist. Meanwhile, Jack's new ambition is to become the CEO of Cable Town, but someone stands in his way, the granddaughter of Hank Hooper, and when Jack learns that she has a special interest in marine biology, he thinks he sees his opening. Or does he? Or does he? Dun-dun-dun. I enjoyed this episode. Um, it's definitely one that I do remember, uh, but I felt like... I, it's, it's one of those I definitely remembered it out of place. I, don't, I didn't remember it happening like this, I say relatively... With this late in the series, I thought this story arc sort of started earlier, um, but I, I like the I like both stories. Um, I like that Jack again now has like a mission because I feel like there were a few episodes where he was just kind of like lingering, like he didn't really know what he was wanting to do or like where he was going to go with Cable Town, and it seems like he's just he's going to do what he was going to do with GE and just become a CEO of another company kind of thing. Um, so it's nice to sort of have him some ambition again. And then also have him another rival, because we haven't seen Devin Banks at all this Ooh, season. In a, while, in a long time, yeah. And uh, he'll come back into play here soon, but uh, we haven't had him really with a rival. So it's nice to him to, to see him get another rival. But for the Liz and uh, Abby storyline, uh, I mean, I absolutely hate the character that Abby is of that squeaky voice Ugh. a very sexy baby Ugh. i i i just i hate that as a character any sort of character but i get it's played for comedy so it's whatever um but i i just hate it so much it's so grating which mission accomplished that's what they're going for i guess but uh i just i've known people like that and i don't like i didn't like talking with them in real life and I don't know. Anyway, but I, I think it's a fun story, and I think it it's uh, it's sort of tackling you know another issue of like art imitating life, where this was sort of based off a story that Jezebel had run back in twenty ten, early twenty ten, I think, when the Daily Show had announced that Olivia Munn was going to be an on air correspondent for the Daily Show. Um, so they're sort of just cribbing off that. But what are your thoughts on the episode? We'll get more into that as we go on. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I say so typically one of Tina Fey's weakest areas is when she's responding to public criticism. And she usually handles it in a way that is like, I don't know, kind of like taking offense and striking back. But this is an example of the opposite of that. I think it actually like addresses it and does it in a really funny way. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think this is definitely one of the most successful episodes of the season. Um even though it doesn't strongly come down in favor of a certain position, like it kind of just, it, it raises questions, although it doesn't actually answer them, which I think is fine. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to. Um, right. But, it, you know, it, it does a thing of like basically having Liz like trying to be a quote unquote good feminist, but it ends up backfiring against yeah. her in myriad ways. She has a really good line when they're in the park, her and Abby, and she says, when uh, Abby says something along the lines of, you know, you can't judge me because of how I act and how I talk. And then Liz says something along the lines of, well, when you represent my show, you represent my gender. It does, you know, I do feel like I should say something because someone, it's, I mean, I feel like we've had this conversation before. And it, I mean, it's such a broad stroke of a thing, but, you know, people will see you and then re- and just assume all women are like this or, you know, things like that. And so like when you, adhere to those stereotypes or you adhere to this what men want ideal then it just it makes it more difficult for i mean and and that's why i say broad strokes could be applied to anything when like race or uh orientation or whatever so it's 
I think that they had a good idea like if they could explore that a little bit more but because it's a comedy show they weren't going to go that route that much but yeah well we can unpack that more when we get to that scene yeah um, but or else, yeah so I, as you mentioned it the it's it was inspired by Joe Jonas Smart Jonas Smart Jonas <laughs> Snark is the feminist blog that writes the article which as you mentioned is is it's a nod to Jezebel the the Gawkerverse blog that yeah are they still around uh well, we, do you want to talk about it now? Or do you want to? I, we could talk about it later, but yeah. I, I'm just trying Every, to think. Everything but Gawker, like okay. everything but Gawker, is still around. Okay. But that's a that's a long thing that we can get into maybe in a, once yeah. we uh, get into the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, two. Well, I, I'd say two big guest performances. One of them, I guess, Kristen Milioti was not so much the time because she wasn't as no, nearly as known then as she is now. Mm-hmm. But Kristen Milioti, who plays Abby, the the comedian who is the guest writer and then chloe grace chloe grace moretz, moretz <laughs> as kaylee hooper yeah and cooper's granddaughter yeah. who is more conniving than she lets oh, on she, the beginning and it's great and she does such it's a great because job. she you know it's it, the, the whole time jacket snookered in the way he was trying to yeah. but i think the audience maybe realizes it slightly before he does because the, the, there's a scene when he's in the in the um in the the natural history museum and like staring at the the big whale and having like his flashback mm-hmm. it's like that's when it started it was like oh wait a second she actually is you know well i don't i mean i i didn't pick up that she was leading him i thought it was more like him realizing he hadn't really like he gave up on a dream well right and, and that's so, what what breaks that's what it was yeah doing was but like, i didn't oh, think she's... that was her manipulating him i just thought it was a you know a coincidence of he would just now give up on this new goal and you know after meeting Kaylee and say like well maybe I can get because it, I think he even has the line sort, shortly after that is like no her, the company's going to be in good hands she's going to be this this and this but then when he finds out that she was also manipulating and then it lights a fire under him to be like fuck that I'm not, I don't want to go explore the oceans and he could still do that he's he's insanely rich anyway but uh, I think I, I talked over you you sure no you didn't it was fine um, <laughs> anyway yeah uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh my God! It, that name it's it, not that. It's hard. not that hard to say. <laughs> Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. So you're just saying. I think you're just saying it too fast. Yeah. Um. I can't judge because I still Christina, Christine, Kristen Milioti. Kristen Milioti. Yeah. I I keep saying wanting to say Christian, Christ, Christina Milian. So I can't. Judge. That is definitely a different person. It's definitely a different person. Not even really remotely the same name. No. <laughs> um. No, I was just gonna say right. Chris Milioti, who obviously we've well, we've talked about before, like just in yeah. referencing other comics, who played the mother on How I Met Your Mother, most yeah. famously recently, and has done a bunch of other things recently, including the movie Palm Springs, which just came out on Hulu. Yeah, I, it's in my it's in my queue. I need to watch it because I'm I'm pretty much a big fan. It's pretty good. I watched of, it. Uh, Andy Samberg. Yeah. So. yeah, it's pretty good. It's 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 like a Groundhog. Day, I would say it's Groundhog Day, but it puts an interesting twist on it yeah. like the way it resolves is a lot different from how those stories usually resolve mm-hmm. and That's they do it in an interesting way so it's pretty yeah. good and it's pretty funny um but yeah so she was at this time when she's on 30 rock i mean i guess we could talk about it more about when when she's actually on screen yeah so we'll, we'll hold off on that that's a, that's called a teaser guys any other thoughts before we hop in let's hop in hop in. all right so the cold open is basically going to set up uh, Liz's plot of you know realizing that TGS is under criticism for not being uh, feminine friendly, but Liz sets out to change the public's perception of TGS. Wonderful news, non-famouses! My publicist just called from rehab. I made the internet. You're on JoanofSnark.com. On what? Joan of Snark, it's this really cool feminist website where women talk about how far we've come and which celebrities have the worst beach bodies. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Comedy's freshest female voice. Take that, Courtney Thorne Smith. That's not about you. That's about some stand-up named Abby Flynn. Wow, lady. Pretty nostrils. How do I find me? Computer. Jenna. Oh, well, here's your article. Why does TGS hate women? What? How can they say that? We love women. With Tracy gone, our last episode was all Jenna. This is Amelia Earhart. I'm almost across the Pacific. Oh no, my period! I'll now take questions. Oh no, my period. Let's milk England! But that is an ironic reappropriation. <sighs> I don't know anymore. 
And this started as a show for women starring women. At the very least, we should be elevating the way women are perceived in society. Oh, my period. You're all fired. Oh, ironic reappropriation. Women be menstruating. Women be menstruating. Oh, man. It's funny because... Well, I was no, I was gonna say even though like I guess the specific incident is like you talked about Olivia Munn on the Daily Show, like there's moments in here too that like kind of poke fun at how Thirty Rock has portrayed certain things. Like, well, well, we'll see in a second when Suri gets her line, but you know what I mean. Like, it's like I mean they're also like kind of poking at ways they've been criticized too right or they were criticized at the time i guess for for portraying things and like and at the same, at the same time parroting like obviously like the drug has never been like the, the doing like the the obvious like women be having periods jokes or things like that which is right. you know but i mean they've had period jokes before right but not but, but, never but not, like, not in a very yeah. like broad right way like that very slappy in the face kind of kind of jokes um but it's a shame, man. So we have not seen Danny since the episode where him and Jenna move in together. Maybe he went to Africa too. And we do see Suri again. And we haven't seen her for a while, but she's only in like one scene. So it's just, it's so odd that some of these characters just aren't being used and they're just very sporadic in their appearances. But yeah. I, I really do think they just forgot about Danny or something. I don't know. Like, Well, I mean, maybe he was... Didn't you say he, he was doing Glee busy. around the same yeah, time? Yeah, but he only did like three episodes of Glee. Oh, I, don't I don't know. know. Like, it just... It just seems so weird that uh, he's forgotten about... He comes back in, I think, in the end of this... In the 100 episode he's in it, I know definitely, because he's having like this weird storyline where he's having memories of 30 Rock and TGS, but they're Josh's memories. So it's weird that... He's remembering things that he didn't actually experience. It's like a little funny through line joke, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we might as well talk about Gawker and actual Jezebel, mm. Jezebel here. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, it's like Liz gets in a good line about how it's a blog that celebrates how far women have come and also like talk about who has the best beach bodies. Cause I feel like, oh, I feel like, I, I feel like it's, yeah. <laughs> RIP. Um, <laughs> I feel like a stigma around Jezebel, like, I don't know, like, it's kind of, it's not as culturally relevant as it has been, especially especially not as, as it was around this time. But, like, it was always kind of painted as, like, being, like, this aggressive, snarky feminist blog, but at the same time, like, not necessarily being very intersectional or inclusive. Like, it was bad on race a lot of times. Like, and it would do things like, you know, like, shame people for not being feminist enough and then turn around and have, like, basically, like, what you would consider, like, you know, mainstream women's magazine, like, who wore it best right. or, you know, and they tried to pivot by being like, you know, like, oh, we're criticizing, I don't know, like, we're, we're, we're not criticizing because they're they're fat, we're criticizing because the way they look in the air, you know, just like, you know, well, I mean, the, I mean, I'm being, that's not so like a very specific example, but I mean, I'm just talking around like the, I don't know. Right. Or, I mean, kind, like they, kind of around the, the issues that people yeah, had. But they, they, it's the same reason a lot of clickbait articles exist is because those do drive traffic to your website because those oftentimes the think pieces that people are doing like i'm sure the article that jezebel did about the daily show and olivia munn probably did pretty good traffic but i guarantee three of those articles versus one of the who wore it best would maybe make the same traffic uh as a who wore it best just because the general demographics and the general i guess you want to say politics or whatever of a website is think pieces don't really do well and if they do well they do well for a day and then that's about it well it depends on how hot their takes are right but so they might last two days but generally a think piece won't survive as long as something like a comparison or something like that but i mean that's just the demographics of the website yeah at the same time like who are best isn't necessarily like anti-feminist like there are long i mean there there are long time blogs out there like go fuck yourself that are like very into critiquing fashion but not in like it but in like a constructive way not like in necessarily like a snarky way so they you know like they they did that sort of thing all the time but it's not i don't know it's not necessarily like hot takes for clicks type thing but i don't know did you read gawker or or any of its uh yeah i because so they were it was gawker kotaku jezebel and then like life hacker jalopnik yeah jalopnik uh, yeah 
Uh, yeah, I think I usually would do Gizmodo and Kotaku were usually my two of that family that I would go to, but I would always see like the links to the other ones, but I wasn't like, I mean, I didn't really care too much for like what Jezebel would put out. Um, so I didn't really visit that site that much. Um, yeah, I remember re- I mostly read Gawker when I was in college. I was, I mean, that was really when mm-hmm. I speak around 2008, like, yeah. and I, I remember like a lot of it, it was like almost like making like petty new york gossip highbrow almost i don't know it was like because it was basically like just like silly things about a a lot of stuff about like i don't know like people who are famous in the city so i it had more of a focus on like authors and it i don't know like it was kind of a, a a guilty pleasure type thing where somehow the things they were writing about were kind of petty but it was also like presented in a almost like highbrow satirical way yeah and i feel like a lot of the the people who are bloggers and have gone on to become like um well-known authors or like a lot of them work for i guess big you know publications like new york times or like other you know like celebrity things or whatever so it's interesting to see how many of them have like moved on to jobs that become more influential but i don't know like i i I, yeah i i mean i don't think i read gawker much after college and like I, I i think i i still like kind of follow life hacker because they especially they're like uh, like personal finance stuff but i don't know <laughs> how interesting is personal finance i guess if you're I mean, into it go for it to speak on the olivia Munn stuff i mean i wasn't really a big daily show watcher i would sort of pick i would watch it every now and again i mean i remember way way back when it was still craig kilborn started it or was on it when it started a long long time ago um, but, uh, so yeah, Olivia Munn would, would join Daily Show for about a year, which is kind of funny in that, an article that the, you know, the Joan of Snark and the Jezebel, there's plenty of interviews with people that have worked on Daily Show or working on Daily Show. And they were like, yeah, we'll probably get like a one year contract if that, you know, it might not even be that. And it's kind of funny that she only got like a one year, like she just sort of still fell into the rotation of everything that they were being condemned for like she still ended up only being there a year which could have been a mutual split or could have been she was just only there for a year but uh there's another person that's coming up on 30 rock that was also a correspondent samantha b no she's not john oliver no he's never on 30 rock hazel was her name Hazel, what's her name? Yeah, Kirsten idea. Shaw. She was a correspondent on Daily Show. Oh, I, I totally forgot. That. She well, did more sporadic. I don't think she was yeah. contracted, but she was more sporadic. I forgot about that. Well, I, I never really ever watched Daily Show, no. to be honest, so I, I, I'm only more familiar with like, probably like, the most famous people who came out of it. But. Yeah. Uh, back from the opening, uh, Liz goes to Jack and uh, asks, asks, uh, asks for his advice about her problem and uh, sets up his B story. Jack, do you think I hate women? Absolutely. But it's not your fault. You are genetically predisposed to compete against other women for the attention of strong, powerful men like myself or others very similar to me. For example, Hercules, the Highlander, or uh, God. I want to roll my eyes right now, but the doctor said if I keep doing it, my ocular muscles might spasm and eject my eyeballs. Female jealousy is an evolutionary fact, Lemon. If you... Try to breed it out of them, you end up with a lesbian with hip dysplasia. You're wrong. I support women. I'm like a human bra. Which is why I want to hire a young comic named Abby Flynn to come on as a guest writer. Uh, No, you are not budgeted. Uh, She's got good energy. Hire her immediately. See? I'm not threatened by the fact that men are attracted to her. (laughs) Please, Lemon. It's got nothing to do with her hot mouth. Every organization needs new blood once in a while. Like Hank Hooper says in his book, new blood is the lifeblood of every company's blood. He's not a strong writer. Hank Hooper, isn't that the guy who outbid no one for NBC? Yes, he's the CEO of Cable Town. But he won't be forever. And someday when he steps down, I intend to succeed him. Well, believe in yourself and you'll reach your goals. I read that on a bottle of women's exercise water. I really like how they get the poke there of how Liz got the quote from her women's exercise water and kind of like just making fun of the like, First off, like women's water, exercise water, like that's all redundant. It's like water is water. So, but it, but it, but it does a good job of just like poking fun at how it's like marketed to be like female empowerment when it's like you know with these quotes when it's just water. And and all of those quotes are just it's the same as like reading your horoscope. Yeah, it's just like there's such just broad strokes and it's like 
yeah. inspir- quote unquote inspirational messages, and it's just oh my god, it's insufferable. But yeah, I mean, but it's really clever how they just like yeah. it ties into the larger theme of the episode where they kind of just poke it. It's like you're like yeah. oh this women's exercise water. Right. It's yeah. I'm gonna buy it, and you know you could see Liz buying it simply because it's like a it's, woman's exercise water yeah. feeling feminist, but it's like. No, it's the same as going and buying yeah. men's only conditioner. I mean, it's one thing to buy something because you need it, like for dandruff relief or whatever. But if you're buying it strictly because it's literally the exact same object, but it's blue instead of pink, that's yeah. that's silly. Obviously, I mean, this is not a hot take by any means, but it still is like the fact that they're selling you the same exact thing in a different bottle only because people will buy a certain color because, man, it's just... Yeah. Absurd. I mean, remember the vitamin water craze? It's like if you, I mean, vitamin water. Oh, that sounds healthy. I mean, even though it's, <laughs> it's no, it's vitamins. not only is it worse than water. It's like might, might as well be drinking. I mean, just is that whatever one, sugary drinks. Is that the one that? No, what's the one that? Yeah, that's the one that Fifty Cent invested in, right? I don't. I'm, I don't remember, but I mean, probably. it's in one of it's in one, one of those. Me. But he like it's one of the things where he actually has made more money off of the, off of vitamin i think it's vitamin water mm. but he's actually made more money off of that investment than he ever did selling yeah. records like it's insane so all you have to do is make something sound healthy or holistic exactly. well, yeah, or social so for a social Socially cause sound, yeah, yeah. And, and, you're, and you're good yeah people will buy it literally nah it's not so simple cable town is a family-owned company there is a potential successor so to get what i want I must find a way to destroy her. Her? It's a woman? Well, not exactly. Hi, I'm Kaylee Hooper. I'm 14 years old, and I'm waiting in line to meet Justin Bieber because he's... I'm sorry, your new rival is a ninth grade girl? How old is Hank's wife? Is it a second marriage? Why do men always marry someone younger? Because they can, Liz. Get a grip, Lemon. Kaylee is Hank Hooper's granddaughter. The parents' generation was lost to trust fund kids' disease. The aunt smokes pot and paints. Father is trying to sail an inflatable castle across the Atlantic. I have to ensure that Kaylee makes similar choices. So you're trying to destroy a 14-year-old? I am trying to guide a 14-year-old. Maybe I can help her realize some other life goal. To become a doctor's nurse, or a lawyer's mistress, or even the president of the United States Shopping Association. Wow. Typical. Meanwhile, I'm helping women achieve their potential because potential is the difference between what you can't do and what can't you do. Did you get that off of a water bottle? No, I sent it in, but Aquafem did not choose it. This is a bit of a time time capsule too in terms of Justin Bieber's success and popularity because I mean he's still popular, he's still he's still big or whatever, but like this was like peak, you know, pop star Bieber. Uh, where you know TRL style screaming crowds, and then he did yeah. that sort of Justin Timberlake style of you know took a break for a few years, came back quote unquote mature, yeah. and sort of had like a second renaissance in his career. Yeah, it's crazy that I mean he's been around for what over ten years now, and he's still in his early twenties because he started when he was like, like 13, thirteen was when his first yeah. album came out, I think, which is it's crazy. But has he an Usher like? done anything because i know usher was the one that sort of discovered him right oh really i think so i thought i thought, I mean, I thought, I thought he was a youtube uh, i really well maybe like i think he probably was but i feel like his first few songs like had usher like maybe usher was a producer or something because usher was in the first video wasn't he i don't remember oh wow but i mean i i mean <laughs> no i mean you're probably right I, I just don't remember i feel like there was a relationship there they had and i don't know if it was he was signed to his label or he was a producer mm-hmm. or maybe he just helped sort of launch him but i don't i really don't know and i don't i don't want to put justin bieber in my search engine because <laughs> he doesn't need the he doesn't need the the google alerts or anything uh-huh. like that so <laughs> And I don't want it in my. I don't think he, if he got a Google or every time someone searched oh, for him. Well, his pu- sorry, his <laughs> publicist. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. So Chloe Grace. Yeah, I I made the same mistake. Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, who I think by this time, I'm pretty sure Kickass existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, think so this was post Kickass. I'm pretty sure this is post Kickass. I feel like she was way younger in that movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I mean, she's like Dakota Fanning, where around this time, like it would seem like she was going to be huge, and I mean, she's still working, but it seems like her career didn't take off in the way that it seemed like it would. And I just, I don't know, I was wondering what, what happened there with things like that. She was in a really good movie a few years ago called Clouds of Sils Maria, which had, I think, Julia Pinoche and Kristen Stewart, and it was she kind of played like a, like Julia Pinoche was like the the 
was playing like a legend actress and Chloe Grace from Reds was like the up and coming one. And it was like, it was, it, it was actually like really good because it was just about the perspective of, I mean, you know, kind of looking at how it is for Older women. Generation. Yeah. But women in general in the industry, but then specifically. Was it modern or was it? It was modern. It was modern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's probably like, and I mean, that wasn't even a big movie. Like, it was critically acclaimed. It wasn't like a big success. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I liked it. I thought she was, you know, that that she was really good in it. But yeah, it just seems like she never had that. I don't know, like big Oscar play or big commercial like breakthrough that you know. No, I. Uh, I mean, she's still. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be really bad when I say this. Like, she's still young. So I she mean, she's still yeah. She's in her twenties. I mean, it's like Justin Bieber. She's been around. She's been working for a while, but she's still really young. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean that's I mean that's still the stigma of most kid actors is they peak, or they do really well when they're younger, and then there's like a period of ten years where they still do consistent work, but they never quite reach the same apex, and then they either fade away or they have a big comeback years later. Yeah, she's only twenty three. I mean, yeah, I mean that's so. so so that's modern day. So this is what this is nine years ago. Yeah. So she was she was fourteen at the age of this. So like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm gonna say she's been she's been consistently working, just not so much. She was in, I guess. Oh, she was in Suspiria. Oh, that's right. She was in Miseducation of Cameron Post a couple years ago. That 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 was well. It was it was a Sundance movie that didn't like it. If it would have been received better, it could have been an Oscar play, but it didn't end up being. Like the reviews were kind of mixed, but. Other than that, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's she's had. It seems like she's put out a couple movies every year. Oh, Greta, that's right, that's on my list. Um, but anyway, yeah, it just, just I don't know, consistently working, but hasn't had that. Yeah. I guess. Hmm. So uh, while the nerds learn that Abby Flynn is going to be brought, well, first we I, I we didn't really talk about, it, but so the nerds learn that Abby Flynn is going to be brought on as a uh, a guest writer for the show, uh, and they all decide that since. She doesn't know anything about them. They are going to create new personas. Frank's going to be a rich Wall Street type exec. Uh, Toofer is going to be a bad boy by basically just wearing a leather jacket. And Lutz is going to play English. Um, as well as uh, Ky- uh, Kaylee is getting a tour of the uh, 30 Rock Studios with Kenneth and Jack. And that's her, That's where she implants and he implants the idea that they should do a marine biology tour of the art museum. We didn't go to that in New York. National History Museum. Um, because I definitely would have wanted to sought out the blue whale. I don't. I'm trying to think. I, I don't think we went to the National History Museum. Mm-hmm. But um, we didn't mention that like Liz should have vetted Abby. Like I, it seems like she brought her own only because like she was the hot topic of the the website. But like if she, it seems like if she did even remotely any research into her, she would have seen that she. Was, well, to, she, but the, to me, that was kind of ducking. She was like, oh, this website that says that we hate women promoted this other woman, so, so we, we should, should hire her. Yeah, no questions asked. Yeah. Um, so in the writer's room, everyone's getting ready for Abby's uh, Abby's Abby's debut, Abby's showing up. Abby, yeah, Abby's showing up. But wait, did you skip the scene with Ceres line? Because that was a really important scene I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah, uh, I can play it real quick. I mean, how long do they take the women here? I don't know. How long does it take to see something? I mean, light travels at 186,000 miles per second, so... No, duh! Being ourselves doesn't work. So in that in that setup, you know, the nerds are trying to hide their normal identities and Pete sets up. I mean, she's going to find out eventually anyway, so then that feeds into Suri's line. Yeah, well, I just want to talk about that because that's... I, I think that was that was clearly, like, the, the show poking fun at criticism. Basically, criticism that, you know, Suri... Suri's character basically is there to, like look pretty and be just like a stupid you know stereotypical dumb blonde mm-hmm. so it's like it's me i kind of just thought hilarious in that scene like she gets the line about this how you know the, the speed of light or whatever it is, is like yeah. it's way, and it's her only line in the episode but like just as a way to like basically be like i don't know it, in the same way that tgs is addressing its criticism by hiring her it's like 30 rock is addressing its criticism by like throwing Suri like a quick line that that is quote-unquote smart or whatever yeah. so yeah but then she's completely talked over and yeah exactly yeah. but I, I think that joke could have been a little bit funnier if if that was a recurring thing about Suri because i don't think Suri. well she's shown that she is intelligent but she's never really had much of a showcase yeah i mean she's never had like that like she never had like a 
quote unquote brainy like no. line like that. The the only one I can really think of is when she's talking about her fiance at the time and they're planning their wedding or something like that, and she has a line about uh, I disagree with um, the Greece and Greece Cyprus. stance yeah. on Cyprus, and Liz just kind of like no, oh, yeah, it, like ignores it. And I guess you could say that is kind of the same thing, also of just ignoring the smart person or ignoring yeah. someone because they're beautiful but they're also smart or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, I feel like there wasn't a good showcase. There hasn't been a showcase of Suri being intelligent yeah. and and beautiful. Yeah. Well, I think specifically there was you know there was plenty of criticism about Thirty Rock about Suri's character just not having a, a lot character. Of, yeah, exactly. Not having <laughs> a lot, a lot of depth. depth. Just being yeah. there to to basically like look yeah. pretty or whatever. Which I mean, a lot of times was the joke. But anyway, to me, it was just another example of this episode like directly like addressing the criticism that mm-hmm. it's gotten about relating to to feminist issues, I guess. Yeah. Okay, guys, Abby is on her way up. West Ham drew nil-nil at Wolves. Stop that. Are you guys changing your personalities for Abby? Is she here yet? Subas, you are married. Okay, this is exactly the kind of male douchebaggery that is about to take a real hit around here. Don't you know... I'm talking about a femolution, Tracy Chapman. She's a woman, right? It's a new era at TGS. Let's see the blogosphere try to say that I hate women now. <gasps> Look at all these dudes. I knew I smelled sausage. <laughs> yes. Abby, I'm Liz. Liz, thank you. Oh, our nips just touched. <laughs> Mine are so hard. <laughs> Mine are different sizes. Abby, these are the writers. Oh, where's little Abby gonna sit? Guess I'll have to sit on somebody's lap. You can sit there. Eenie. Please, God. Meenie. Come to mommy. Miney. Me, pick me. Mo! <laughs> Give me strength, oh, Oprah. Uh, I, I'm so glad that that, ugh, that it's such a short bit. I just, that's that pitch that she hits, I just can't take it. It really is just grating to me. Yeah. Well, I think she definitely plays it up, but I mean, yeah. there's definitely some truth in people, like, I don't know, like, men, some men, like, finding that just, like, whole baby persona, or not persona, but just, like, that, whatever, just attractive, baby, baby I guess, talk. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she definitely dials it up to be extra nasally and whiny, but... Mm. But even uh, even um, Sue's into it, so exactly. She's she's a very sexy baby. Very sexy. Everyone likes a sexy baby, I guess. Yikes! Although Jenna is immune to her charms. Yes, of course Jenna is immune to her charms, and she's just learned that Abby is on set. Um, <laughs> I just love the slap that she gives. <laughs> like it's a slap to hit her, but also turn her attention to where she wants her to look. It's so good. What is that. Wow, that is Abby Flynn. She's a guest writer. She's being hot and doing baby talk? I invented that. Summer of 98, I took it to a whole new level. <laughs> there can't be two of us, Liz. She must be destroyed. <laughs> I don't know how I got here. No, Jenna, that is exactly the problem. Men infantilize women and women tear each other down. Exactly. I'll start by spreading a destructive rumor about her. Like the famous one I made up about Jamie Lee Curtis. That she has two butts. Look, you and I actually want the same thing, but we're not going to destroy Abby. We're going to fix her. Yes. Like you fix a dog. We'll sterilize her. No, I'm going to show Abby that she doesn't need to act like this. Hi, I'm Jack. It's nice to meet you. Hi, I'm Abby. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh, So this was... I don't know if it's fun trivia, but uh, some IMDb trivia. Uh, they don't say may have. They say the Abby Flynn character, disregarding the hypersexuality, is a reference to the character of Abby Cadabby, who was introduced in Sesame Street in 2006. She was a uh, pink, sparkly, pigtailed, baby doll-voiced fairy. Um, oh. But she, you know, they, she was controversial for reinforcing a lot of the at the well arguably are now outdated stereotypes of what little girls like oh but i don't know if that's true i see that seems maybe more of a coincidence than because it was sesame street so there definitely was not like the 
sexual or whatever angle at the point of this well no it says it says without sexual it says it says without the hypersexuality well of course because it's sesame street but still even then it's i mean yeah i mean it could be it could be that they just saw that and that's what they used like that that yeah i don't know but also could it seems like a little bit of a coincidence or mostly coincidence possibly some yeah truth to it i don't know uh but there were we're cutting out some scenes and it's more with the sort of tour of TGS, but Kenneth another throws in another line of seeming old age or in in you know immortality, where he says when he first started the job he was rolling cigarettes with eight year old Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple. So uh, that Shirley Temple, she <laughs> that, sure that little uh, rascal. She she has passed away, right? I feel like she's passed away really, more recently than you think. Because I feel like I looked her up the other day because something something referenced her and I was like, what's going on with Shirley Temple? But I know she quit the business in like the fifties, I think, when she was only in like her late. 20s. She passed away in twenty fourteen. Yes. Okay, yeah. So well, I mean, six years ago, but that's still relatively sooner. Um, yeah, you go Shirley Temple. Yeah, she was a Republican. Well, they can't all be winners. <laughs> It, it's funny to look at, like, Lucille Ball. Cause she was the ambassador to Czechoslovakia in the late 80s? You go, Lucille. Uh, what? Shirley Temple. I had no idea. Look at Lucille Ball's history, man. She was hardcore comedy. Uh, yeah, no, I, I did know that. She I was very that. outspoken about it. Yeah. She was great. Um, uh, but anyway, at the Natural History Museum, uh, we get to meet Dr. Bob Ballard, who has not actually played... <laughs> Uh, himself or anything like that. I was wondering if that was a real person or if it was just a character. I, Bob Ballard is real. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 a character actor playing him. Uh, but I love the joke that it's short for Bobbert. <laughs> it almost makes it sound like Jack hired this person. That it's not actually a real person. It's just hired to to impress uh, Kaylee. So what do you think, Kaylee? Oceanography is a pretty cool life. I can't believe I'm talking to Dr. Robert Ballard. You're not. Bob is short for Bobbert. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh, an, an anglerfish. Ophius pescatorius. That was my favorite fish as a boy. Look at those teeth. You know, that's a female. The male is much smaller and is basically a parasite that lives on her. Until mating, of course, then the male dies. Yes, the scientific term for that is marriage. <laughs> Don't tell Gina I said that. The ocean really is the final frontier, Kaylee. And we keep finding new things. Giant tube worms that breathe hydrogen sulfide, Arctic jellyfish, oh, and a chemical in kelp that scientists think might one day cure ice cream headaches. There's so much left to discover. And you could be the one to do it. I kind of envy you. Youngsters are the future of ocean exploration, Kaylee. I mean, I'm not going to live forever, no matter how much gold I give Poseidon. That's why I'm making you a student Argonaut. <gasps> I can't believe this is happening! You already speak dolphin. Excellent! Uh, is there an age cut off for the uh, student Argonauts? Uh, what if you gave me a sticker? Uh, as a joke. <laughs> you know, Mr. Donaghy, it, it seems you only love this stuff. Maybe you should have been a deep-sea explorer. Oh, no, Kaylee. That was a boyhood fantasy. I'm an adult now. I don't have fantasies anymore. Kaylee, this way. I think it's that line there where she says, maybe you should be a deep-sea explorer, which is when mm-hmm. I, like, I, I kind of was like, oh, that's what they're leaning towards. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think maybe they're... If, I mean, this may be hitting it too hard on the head, but if they maybe get like, a quick glance of her looking back, would probably, I think... I feel like they didn't do that, though. No, it, it, it's better for the reveal that they don't. Yeah. Um, but I, I still don't think first-time viewer would see this and think, oh, she's plotting something. Because she's given nothing to assume that she's in on it. So I think it works better that they don't hint at anything and uh, the reveal that comes later is, is much better, more well-learned. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be... Right, it wouldn't be... As impactful. If, right, if they yeah. foreshadowed it like that much. Yeah, that much, yeah. Um... But I do like the discussion that they have there of, you know, the oceans being like the final frontier uh, of human exploration. Like, obviously, space is one of them, if not the ultimate, but the ability to go into space versus going underwater is far more out of the reach of plausibility. Um, 
so late. I mean, it's I, I have no interest in underwater explanation, exploration or, or doing it myself or anything like that, but it is super interesting to read about it because it's just, it's kind of horrifying. Uh, like they, they sort of, you know, paint it as this wondrous landscape, but I don't know, like I guess the stuff that I'm reading is a little bit more like, you know, nothing lives down there and the things that do live down there are horrifying. And Yeah, that is, that's what I find fascinating. Like if you go really, really deep down into like the dark really dark depths like they're just like some weird yeah like some creatures yeah, that like evolution has allowed them to still exist at that yeah. pressure and at that that depth and they're just gnarly looking and i mean they're horrifying by our standards but it's also like for them it's just like this is just my life well obviously i can't do anything about the way they're I not worried about their status yeah um but i mean like you know james cameron i guess is sort of one of the leading um underwater explorers so james cameron the director yeah the director i know well i mean that's his inspiration for like the reason he really wanted to do titanic was because Ah. he he saw what they were doing exploring it and and, and locating it and he's like man let's let's tell the story and that's what sort of put him back into the mood to keep going underwater is he just wants to discover more cool shit interesting and if it keeps delaying avatar two three four five six i'm not complaining um but yeah, I mean, it's it's a super interesting world down there, and it really is like, what only like twenty or thirty percent of it has actually been explored in terms of what we understand is underwater, and it's yeah, I don't know, it's wild. It's 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 a fun read. What is like underwater? Just underwater exploration in general. Oh, of just I don't know, like you could just fall down a rabbit hole of Wikipedia articles of things. It's fun. Um, but uh, in the park, uh, Liz has invited Abby out to, at the behest of Jenna, try and, and convince Abby that this persona that she has isn't best for the gender. But it doesn't quite work out. Hey, Liz! Abby, thanks for meeting me here. This place is very special to me. Is this where you got your V-card punched? What? No. Does this look like the makeup room of a clown academy? No. This is a statue, and I know you know this, of Eleanor Roosevelt, first lady to the world, champion of the rights of women, and the lid on my high school lunchbox. Look, I know it can be hard. Society puts a lot of pressure on us to act a certain way, but TGS is a safe place, so you can drop the sexy baby act and lose the pigtails. But I like my pigtails. My uncle says they're sexy. Enough with the gross jokes and that voice. I want you to talk in your real voice. This is my real voice. And the whole sexy baby thing isn't an act. I'm a very sexy baby. I can't help it if men are attracted to me. Like that homeless guy. He likes what he sees. Okay, that could be for me. It's not. It's for her. Abby, I'm trying to help you. Really? By judging me on my appearance and the way I talk? And what's the difference between me using my sexuality and you using those glasses to look smart? I am smart. I placed out a freshman German. Or Lutz, using that sexy English accent to get me in the sack. No, you didn't. Lutz? Is that even possible? I mean, I was there when he belvedered. God, Abby, you can't be that desperate for male attention. You know what, Liz? I don't have to explain myself to you. My life is none of your business. Except it is, because you represent my show and you represent my gender in this business and you embarrass me. Kiss! Dude, I am sorry, but this is who I am. Deal with it. Now are we gonna give the gentleman what he asked for or not? Ugh. So lots of unpack there. Yeah. Well, specifically around, I want to talk about this comment about you're embarrassed, you representing the show and the gender. So first, I think there is a little bit of a point to your representing my show, but she hired her already you know what i mean like right. she already had an, an a persona and an image and a history that like you mentioned earlier would have been easily researchable so i to me the you represent my show is more defensible but at the same time it's like well it's not like she spread a new persona after she already started working on her show then more of a case like yeah. but the whole you represent my gender is like mm, anytime you get to any sort of you represent like my large whatever like then you just look well people aren't a monolith obviously like right no it it, it condenses more than it expands i think when you use that when you use that uh, argument because 
when you're obviously you saying that is still adhering to some level of stereotype that you have in your head of what a specific gender should act like or be like or look like so yeah it's not a great defense but i get what she's saying it's just she hasn't really thought it out what she's defending exactly Poor yeah. Liz. she's doing her best but, that, 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 but that's where that that's where i feel like she's got good points like what she's trying to say but she just doesn't have a yeah. defense after actually saying any of it but it's also i mean again if this were a different show and it wasn't a comedic show this would be the moment where abby says hey the reason i act like this is because you know i have to go into hiding because my ex-husband's going to try and kill me but I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like she could have pulled Liz aside. And this is all just criticism of something that doesn't really matter. But all she had to do is just be straight up with her and say, like, hey, I know it's an act. But the reason I do this is because of blah. And Liz could back off. She may still hate it. She And you could still have the story run where she gets, she still gets fed up with the whole cute baby act. And then she still reveals it in some way. I mean, not but really. The, because... real, the reveal this way is better because you don't see it coming in any way. Right. Um, Plus, if she admits it to Liz, who knows if Liz is going to keep her secret. I mean... Right, exactly. So if Liz still blurts the secret out some way, then she still has to run off going to hiding. Right. So I'm saying, so that's why she wouldn't take her aside and tell her that. Because it would make sense. If the whole point of her, she's supposed to be in hiding, why would she tell anyone that she's in hiding? Who could accidentally let it slip, even if they don't... she also want the Jezebel, or the, yeah, the, the Jonah Stark article taken down? Because that's still about her. Even though she changed her name, all she's done is changed her hair color. Like, I'm sure her husband could still find her. She has a pretty... Well, yes, but that's a part of me, but that's... Right, but that's... Obviously, but that... We're we're tearing at nothing. That's apart from anything. I mean, yes. I mean, it's like one of the things where you... In shows where if you put on glasses, all of a sudden you're disguised. I mean, it's it's kind... That's that kind of level thing, but that's Mm -hmm. separate from what I'm talking about. Whereas if she's... If the whole point of her is she's taking on this persona to hide, then obviously she can't take anyone aside and tell anything and, and i mean she doesn't know about the video that exists that liz finds like liz you know gets her gets the article posted but that at that point it's already been revealed you know yeah. i mean she's That's not true. admitting it you know like yeah. she, she she doesn't i clearly she doesn't know that video exists uh, it just sounds exhausting to act like that all the time uh, but there's our there's another hannibal burris um cameo as well he's he's playing the homeless gentleman um, and do you know what to Belvedere oneself means? No, what does it mean? So I don't think this is factual. And I, <laughs> I've actually heard this rumor a lot, or just a lot of sitcoms have actually made this joke. But it means you sit on your own balls and you hurt yourself by sitting on your own balls. Because oh. apparently there was a, a moment in one of the uh, run throughs, the script run throughs of a Mr. Belvedere episode where the actor just accidentally sat on his own balls and screamed so loud that he shook the fluorescent lights yikes so so if you ever painful. hear anyone say they belvedered themselves i don't think you'll hear it now too i much, know but now you'll know that's what it's about <laughs> so apparently at some point lutz has sat on his own balls i believe it <laughs> i believe he's done it multiple times so jack is over the moon with kaylee and she's even made a little poster board to for him to reminisce about their adventures together with Dr. Bauer. Uh, meanwhile, Liz discovers uh, Abby, um, Abby Grossman, online. All right. Your time is up, my friend. I'm taking control of this Abby situation. No, Jenna, I'm not done. Check this out. I'm thinking to myself, whatever happened to the erasable pen? Besides pencils, who, who's saying that's a bad idea? I've always thought that, but I never had the courage to say it. Is that Abby? I knew her boobs were fake, and that baby voice is fake, too. You know, as someone who speaks very naturally, I'm offended. She's taken on a whole new identity. She changed her nose, her teeth. She even changed her name. It's not Abby Flynn. It's Abby Grossman. Well, that's understandable. I mean, Grossman is a little bagel Abby used to be a strong, smart, beautiful woman. Why did she transform herself into that baby hooker? children's book idea baby hooker don't tell liz well i am confronting abby with this in front of everybody oh that's vicious forget my idea yours is so elegant no jenna for the last time we're helping her say no more gotcha boss (sighs) jenna's an anti-semite well yeah i mean 
I wouldn't be surprised. She's probably lost a lot of roles, so she probably is a little. People who are who are a little bagely. You said it. <laughs> I can't say that. It's offensive. Um, but man, like Liz is right there. All she has to do is just pull Abby into her office, and she could. Get, that's yeah. just. Uh, that would be a much better way to do it. Yeah, a little bit more professional. Yes. Uh, but I, I, don't, I don't know. It's it's. Well, plus it's it, things but, like this that are frustrating. Yeah, for me but it reinforces Liz's character is that like she needs not she needs to be right. She needs to, but she needs to like get, like give someone a lesson. But like she also needs to be publicly seen exactly. as giving someone a lesson. But and it's never worked help, out for quote, her. Well, yes, so that's the point of her character. Because one day she'll get the lesson across, and people will celebrate her as the one who who you know told everybody how it is and how they should be. So, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty. It's, it's a pretty need, in character. It's, yeah, no, it's it's a need for, uh, you know, affirmate like confirmation and, and and your peers. Well, to be right, but also be acknowledged for exactly yeah, doing the right thing, so, which probably goes back to her childhood. Yeah, because I guess after her brother's incident, she probably got all the attention or whatever. So, or maybe she'd get less attention, but she was used to getting so much attention anyway. Poor Liz, just so selfish. Uh, meanwhile, at the uh, at Kaylee's school, uh, Jack, after, um, well, we'll let Jack fill you in, but he confronts Kaylee, knowing that she actually had a plan all along. <laughs> Mr. Donaghy, what are you doing here? I could ask you the same thing, but that would make no sense. Where did you get this picture of Cousteau? That? The internet? <laughs> this picture exists in only two places. The negative is in my personal safe, along with my will and some beanie babies that I thought would be worth more. Or it can be found in the right book. Hey, what are you doing? Quiet, chalk hands. A real man is talking. Why do you have this, Kaylee? Why are you reading my autobiography? Well, Same reason you're reading Pop-Pop's book. Researching the enemy. So it's true. I was trying to make you think you didn't want to run Cable Town while you were doing the same thing to me. What a super sleuth. You're just like Vanessa from the Vampire Detective Mysteries. I'm not familiar with that reference, but I assume that Vanessa is some kind of cool genius. You don't even like the ocean, do you? I hate the ocean. It's for tools. The ocean's awesome and for winners. You're for tools. You can't beat me, Mr. Donaghy. You worked your way into this world, but I... I was born into it. I breathe it. So watch your step. Because I can always tell Pop-Pop you gave me alcohol. And I can always seduce one of your teachers and get her to fail you. I'd be into that. Me too. Better pick up your book so you'll be late for class. This is my free period. Well played. I love that as a 14-year-old, she just has the power to say, person, do thing, and... Well, she's clearly the, the queen she's bee. absolutely <laughs> the queen bee of that school and of her clique, but it's just so funny. This little girl comes scrambling out off-screen to pick up everything. Yeah. Also, we get the very 2020 relevance uh, line of how she was born into it, so therefore she's better she's positioned just, yeah. than someone who worked to right. get there. Yeah. Well, meritocracy, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, poor Jack. Well, I don't want to feel sympathy for him. He's not exactly a good guy. I mean, he did work hard to get where he did. He's also probably stepped on a lot of people to get there. Yeah, I'm sure he's one of those. I've got mine, so right. off with yeah. you. Yeah, I don't recognize anyone yeah. else doing the exact same route that I did to get there. Or not so that, but just I, you know, I I don't need to give you any help to get there necessarily. Right. I pulled it by yeah. my bootstraps. You could do yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Well. Anyway. She was born with the bootstraps. Yeah. She popped out with bootstraps on. Uh, anyway, so we're in our final scene. So we'll probably we'll probably uh, jump in on this uh, as we need to. Uh, but we're in the final scene, and in the writer's room, Liz reveals to everyone the truth about Abby. And obviously, in 30 Rock fashion, it does not go well for Liz. Okay, there's something everyone here needs to see. Abby, you might want to sit down for this. Yeah, come sit on my strike of us. On a chair. Come on, Sue. 
Abby, this is for your own good. Open apple, tough love time. Has anyone ever actually had a good time at brunch? You know? Is that you? I don't know where you found that, but I am taking it down. <laughs> that's what she said. Okay, <laughs> first of all, Steve Carell owns that's what she said. He owns it. And second of all, it's time to stop hiding. A young person helped me online post this on joanofsnark.com. You stupid meddling bitch. Yes, there's your real voice. There's Abby Grossman to quote Eleanor Roosevelt. We are all... Do you understand what you've done? You have signed my death warrant. How's that now? My ex-husband is going to see this. He's going to find out where I am. And he's going to try to run me over with his car again. I changed my appearance to get away from him. Oh, because I thought it was like pressure from society you're right liz i was hiding from a man who went insane after being electrocuted while watching sleeping with the enemy i was cut out of that and yeah i am desperate for male attention because i feel safer having men around in case troy comes back that is why i slept with lutz and i shall protect her is there an abby flynn here that's her troy i'm on your side get her jeez lutz it's the ups guy okay i think we all owe abby an apology oh my god it's from him I thought this box would be the perfect size for your head. P.S. I was electrocuted again while watching Seven. Great. I have six hours to start a new life. I'll have to be a redhead this time. Oh, I don't know. With your coloring. You know what? Don't listen to me. You must really hate women, Liz. Liz Lemon is a Judas to all womankind. Okay. We were on page six, where Wonder Woman gets her period. So, yeah, no, I love that that turn there. But again, when Liz was given this whole pressure from society, Abby could have revealed right there the truth. She didn't. Better yet, Liz could have pulled Abby aside instead of in front of all yes. the writers to say, hey, I found this on, on you. Can we please talk about this something? But for the comedy, it, it works. And it, it's yeah. it's a great twist to reveal everything. Yeah. But Well, plus I like that it's like the reason why is for this ridiculous reason. Not because just like she wanted, she thought that was how she would become more famous right. or, you know, like make men, you know, be more likely to buy or, you know, right. see her or whatever. It's right. like, no, she's on the run from yeah. her crazy ex who's trying to murder her. She's not using sex to sell anything. She's actually using it to protect herself. Um, which yeah, no, it's it's a fun twist on on all of it. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm not quite. Sh- I assume the sleeping with the enemy, someone gets hit with a car. I'm assuming that's that mm-hmm. reference. But <laughs> I too was cut out of it. Yeah, <laughs> the more obvious reference there is the seven reference um, with the box. Um, yeah, I don't know that reference either. Well, I mean, I, I, I get you it. Have, you haven't seen it parodied or anything? Mm-hmm. No. I've so not I mean, seen it on Mazda parody, no. Uh, yeah, well, I will explain it to you. Because the movie's like 20-some years old now. So if you don't know the ending to Seven, here's the spoiler. So it's, But you've probably seen it, uh, or at least seen it enough, uh, referenced in another way. But it's the whole thing of, what's in the box? Of Brad Pitt saying, what's in the box? What's in the box? And it, it's the end of the movie... Uh, so the whole movie of Seven is there's a killer that's killing people and it's the ways of Seven Deadly Sins. Um, but in the very end... Oh, is that a Fincher movie? Yes. Yeah. Um, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt get this package delivered to them and it's just a box. And Brad Pitt knows what's in the box, but he doesn't want it confirmed. So it's him screaming, what's in the box? And it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Oh, dear. Decapitated and they mailed it to her. So that's, I mean, I'm surprised you hadn't seen that because I feel like it's a very sort of almost referenced too much. Like, what's in the box? Like, you really? Oh, why? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, spoiler alert for seven. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, this is where I think uh, Kristen Milioti turns it on. Like, she's already doing a great job with the Abby character, but the turn of, like, her voice dropping and just the look in her, her eyes of just like, you fucking killed me, I'm dead, is so good. Like, even when like Liz is like I don't know with your coloring and she just like gives this death look at her, it's just it's perfect. Uh, so yeah, um, so th- but this was still two or three years before she would even be on How I Met Your mm-hmm. Mother. So um, yeah. when she did the impossible task of like 
I get that would have been a really easy character for whoever, whatever actor ended up playing it to like not be very popular with the fandom just because mm-hmm. it was built up for all this time. It's like the whole series leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Like somehow she managed to like totally nail it. She so, killed it. I mean, yeah. she immediately clicked with everyone yeah. in that show to yeah. make it feel like she was just part of the gang. Um, but anyway, they killed her off, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, again, <laughs> they found her head in a box. <laughs> yep. Uh, but again, that's one of the. It was one of the more popular shows of its era. It's it's been enough time since it's passed. We need to move on past spoiler culture. Um, but anyway, well, here's your hot take. We, uh, I I will kill spoiler. No. If there's one thing I, I will get rid of, it's spoiler culture. I think it's I think it's a silly thing. Anyway. Thoughts on TGS Hates Women before we say adieu. Not only does TGS hate women, it's also anti-Semitic. Is this the first showcase of them being anti-Semitic? I feel like we've had... Oh, no. No, Kenneth has definitely made a lot of... Yeah. What do you call them? Jewish donuts? Called Biggest Jewish Donuts? Yeah. So, I mean, the takeaway from this episode is even though we didn't really progress um, Liz's story too much, um, we just get to see more of her being... Uh, you know, the butt of most jokes. But we, we reinvigorate Jack now with a new rival. We invigorate him with a new plan to become a CEO of Cable Town. So this is less of a filler episode than I think I remember it being. So uh, we're back on track again with 30 Rocks, like fifth season storylines. So next week, you know what next week's is? TGS Hates Men. No. It's my day to pay or my one. Oh, Queen of Jordan? Queen of Jordan. My goodness, what a yeah. classic run of episodes Absolutely. we're running into. It's not as highly rated on IMDb as I I thought it would be. Oh, I remember when it came out, like I remember watching it being like, This is like this is my favorite episode ever. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's still my favorite episode, but like, I remember thinking at the time, just like, oh my god, that was an amazing episode and like reading like reviews of it online and it was like really mixed and I was like very confused. I mean, I guess you could say it kind of jumps the shark a little bit for the series, but I mean, we could talk more about it next week when we actually get the episode, but I feel like it was sort of a shot in the arm that the series needed. Not that the series was dwindling or anything, but I mean, to completely subvert it and, and make it, you know, a faux reality show was great. I thought it was a fantastic direction to take it for an episode. Um, but anyway, we could talk more about Queen and Jordan when we get there next week. Uh, final thoughts on TGS Hates Women? No, it's the same as I said at the beginning. It was a, it was a really good episode. Um, and did its, did its thing, typical 30 Rock thing, where it posts a lot of fun, again, at the characters, at the show itself, and addresses its, you know, and addressing its, the criticisms that have been leveled at the show itself, like, yeah. actually. But I do think you're right where it sort of does, like, um, yeah, it's kind of a, kind of a dull term now but sort of like a middle of the road centrist idea of like yeah we'll poke fun of ourselves but we actually won't say anything on the other side either yeah like this is kind of like, yeah it's like, true i mean you could definitely critique it for not coming down on any side or not not even that it just doesn't come down on any side it doesn't have any strong thoughts it just like brings up like you know potential like inconsistencies of how you can say something you know like where sometimes feminism will say, you know, you should be able to do what you want, but then also criticizing someone if but doing what they want plays into stereotypes. And, mm-hmm. like, it kind of... Right. It, it kind of brings up those... All those sides, but it doesn't, it doesn't do any, like, decisive commentary beyond mm-hmm. that of just bringing up, mm-hmm. like, oh, look, there's all these things that are, you know, can be um, contradicting and that sort of thing. Right, yeah. Which, and then, obviously, they do it in a funny way. But, yeah. Yeah, it's... It, 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 yeah, so I guess it, it's, it's funny and it's clever, but it's not necessarily, like... I don't know, like, it doesn't have, I guess it, it's clever, but not insightful, I don't know, Right, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, because, like, there's other shows that can still have commentary and yeah. provide, like, I guess, like, Blackish is one of those shows. Like, you were watching the latest episode, or one of the later episodes earlier, and, like, I mean, I was half paying attention, but I was kind of like, man, I know where they're going to go with this, talking about how generational gaps and people think things have to stay the same and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like Blackish at least has a message and they will deliver on it, even if it's not across the board happy to whomever is watching it. It still is saying something rather than saying something and then not fully committing and then just making jokes out of it, like thir- something like 30 Rock does. But Actually, that's true because Blackish especially, it, 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 it like makes fun of Anthony Anderson's character all the time the same way that 30 Rock makes fun of Liz Lemon's character actually but then they yeah. still have a strong cast of characters around him that mm-hmm. 
Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's definitely more stringent in his viewpoints. Like, it definitely has something to say. Yeah. And, like, it, it'll do the same thing in Stardew Rock where it will point out, like, contradictions and hypocrisies, but it usually does have... I don't want to say a message because then, like, it sounds like it has a message. Like, but it, You know what I mean? But it, it, it's not necessarily that it has a message, but it definitely has a certain viewpoint that it's putting across right. that, like, isn't... But yeah. that, that we didn't see, like, right in the right. episode of 30 But, Rock, I mean, but you don't expect that from 30 Rock. Like, 30 Rock's yeah. just basically making fun of TV and how TV is made and the characters that are behind the scenes and things like that. So, yeah. like, that's what we expect from 30 Rock. That's what we get every time we watch an episode because that's what it's built itself as from the beginning. But something like Blackish, and I'm pretty sure there's other shows that I'm just blanking on right now that set out to actually have a message have a point to what an episode will be based around rather than just sheer mockery or criticism or something so yeah we know what we're getting with 30 rock but anyway the outro uh credits outro uh for 30 rock is also sort of another i guess inside joke where they have the quote-unquote bob ballard uh, just sort of clearing up some of the scientific facts uh, that Kaylee and Jack shared. Um, and then just as he wraps up and goes, we'll go to the actual ending now. The episode cuts off. They just didn't leave enough time for it. Just a little joke at themselves kind of thing. Uh, but otherwise, we will see you next week in episode 97, season 5, episode 16, entitled Queen of Jordan, wherein, as we've already set up, uh, it is all about the Queen of Jordan reality show, and it sort of blends in the 30 Rock and the TGS world in addition to it, but most of it is shot sort of as a faux reality show uh, as an episode of Queen of Jordan. But if you like what we're doing, rating and reviewing and all that fun stuff, it's going to be the best way to help us out. David, take us out. See you next time. Tonight's tag's going to be a nice wrap-up scene between Jack and Liz. After all, they spent the whole episode trying to help young women. But first, I would like to correct some of the science we saw tonight. There is no oil in kelp that helps cure ice cream headaches. No, the only thing that will cure ice cream headaches is having sex on a motorcycle. Kaylee was not speaking dolphin. When a dolphin expresses excitement, it sounds like this. Okay, we've had a lot of fun tonight, and it's not over. In the time remaining, we're going to go to that Jack and Liz wrap-up scene I promised you. Well, Lemon? I can't believe I'm talking to Dr. Robert Ballard. You're not. Bob is short for Bobbert. Oh. Huh.